Welcome to season two of Unstoppable Minds, a University of Florida podcast that looks at the big challenges we face in the world and how members of the UF community boldly tackle them. I'm Dr. Kyla McMullen, an assistant professor of computer and information science and engineering at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Waysom, a lecturer in the engineering education department in the Herbert Wertheim College of Engineering. Big discoveries don't happen without overcoming formidable challenges. So we're sitting down with some of our colleagues at UF who are leading the way in identifying creative solutions in research, student success, and academic exploration in their unstoppable quest for knowledge. We're so excited to welcome Higgins Success, uh, a Match in Florida Opportunity Scholarship alum and a former linebacker for the Florida Gators. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. Just at home on typical Saturday, just enjoying some football today. Are you ready for the game? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So now you're a middle school math teacher in your hometown of Belle Glade, Florida. How how did you end up back at home? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I wanted to go back home to teach because I always felt like when I was in school and it, it was not even me personally, but just seeing the way that some of my peers and some of my friends were treated by teachers per se. Um, Mm. I always wanted to, you know, be a difference maker, be a different teacher than some of the ones that, you know, I've had. And again, me, you know, I was a pretty good student, you know, I was an unrolled student, you know, straight A type student. So I didn't have those issues, but some of my friends that were not as academically inclined, they did have a lot of issues where, you know, a teacher would, I don't want to say give up on them, but Hmm. you could tell that the teacher was, okay, I'm going to get the most of my money right here with the kids that I know will pass or get the most from the kids that I know are going to do well and pretty much let the ones that weren't feed like fend for themselves. Mm -hmm. So that, that was for me, that was big, you know, and, and I felt like going back home, there's nowhere else that I would rather be that teacher than back home. So giving back to my community, um, you know, I've been public school all my life. So mm-hmm. pretty much, you know, I'm a product of that system. I'm a product of the public school education um, growing up in Belglade. So did you know before you went to UF, like through your high school experience that you were like, these, this whole teaching situation isn't the way it needs to be. I want to come back. Or was it something that sort of evolved over time? I think it it, it evolved over time. I mean, you you have your... You know, you have your moments while you're in middle mm-hmm. school or in high school, but you really don't know what it should be until you're done. Right. So mm-hmm. looking back at it, you know, when you get to college and you see, OK, this is how a professor should be or this is how someone, you know, who's leading the class should be. And then you think back on your career through high school or middle school and you start making those comparisons and say, okay, did I ever have that in a teacher? You know, did did I ever have a teacher that pulled me to the side and, you know, spoke to me after I did not pass a test? Or did I ever have a teacher that, you know, I came in one day and, you know, I just put my head down, which was not normal. Did that person take a couple of minutes to walk over and, hey, you know, is everything okay? I noticed, you know, you're not yourself today. It sounds like your passion for education started when you were really young because you said you were a straight A student and you were really dedicated in the classroom. So 
is that from your your parents your right. family I, I was just saying I don't, I don't know if it's passion or if it's just I don't want to get in trouble with mom and dad <laughs> you sound um, like me <laughs> but either way I knew you know bringing home you know C's or D's was unacceptable mm-hmm. so you know knowing that knowing what I had to do and doing it eventually it started becoming fun right just mm-hmm. like just like when you're playing sports, right? When you first start off and you don't know how to play, you're not having fun. You, you, <laughs> you know, it's not fun getting thrown to the ground or it's not fun, you know, getting fouled in basketball. But mm-hmm. as you learn the game and you get better, now you start having fun. You know, you watch professional athletes, they're enjoying it. They're having fun yeah, because they know it. So for me, same thing with education. I started having fun in school when I started learning, when I started saying, okay, I could do this now, right? You know, I can play around with this <laughs> math problem and solve it a different way, you know? So I like that analogy. That's a yeah. great analogy. Yeah, but it definitely was something that, you know, from home, you know, knowing my parents and their value on education, um, that basically ran a, just came down to me and my older brother and, you know, the rest of the siblings. So it sounds like, you know, since your parents had such a strong emphasis on education, did you always know that you would be going to college or were there other options? Um, it was pretty much college. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't think of any other options. We never talked about other options. I know there are a lot of options and, you know, college is not for everyone. We have trade schools and, yep. you know, we have the services and things like that. But for me, it was always okay, I'm going to go to college. I know mom didn't go, dad didn't go. Um, but that's something that we've always stressed. We've always um, planned, even when I was selecting my classes in high school. As a first-generation college student, how did you decide where you were going to go to college? <laughs> how how was that process? Uh, it was it was a long process for me. Was because, it football or was it academics? Uh, right, and that's what <laughs> ma- and that's what made it so long and hard of a process because I had really had a lot of options. Like, yeah, I, I had the football. I had a pretty good football career um, playing at Glade Central High School. It's one of the probably top ten high school programs in the country. Mm-hmm. And I, I played three years of varsity of football. There I was a state champion. Uh, wow. was a was an all state player my senior year. Uh, but entering my senior year, I did not garner the offers or interest level that I thought I deserved. Like all players, we all you know we overestimate yeah. our yeah, abilities yeah. sometimes. Um, but I knew okay, I always had my academics in place. I, I knew that my GPA was there. Um, that summer leading into my junior year, I did not attend football camps. I was working on scholarships. I was working on, nice. you know, making sure my packets were there, making sure I had reference letters from, you know, different people from the community or different people from school. So I was pretty much ensuring that, you know what, if I don't get the offer that I want, I'm not just going to settle for a school Mm-hmm. I'm going to attend whatever school I want academically. So I'm a South Florida kid. And I, I decided to that I was going to either go to USF or Florida. So I had mm-hmm. done ruled out the third school. And for me, the determining factor, and I had never been to Gainesville. So it wasn't like, you know, I was had some some admiration or anything for Gainesville or the university. It was the fact that I was a recipient for the matching Florida Opportunity Scholarship. Oh. So, right. And that was it. If I did not get wow. that scholarship, 
I would not have been at Florida. Wow. That's amazing. Right? That's yeah, amazing. So, so that's what led me. That's what led me to Florida. I, I received the matching Florida opportunity scholarship, and I was like, "That's where I'm going." So, did you get a lot of support through the matching Florida opportunity scholarship? Like, what was that experience like during your years in college? It was. It was a great experience. Um, I think receiving that scholarship allowed me to not just stay at UF, but actually thrive at UF. Uh, being a first-generation college student, I struggled with a lot of things um, at the start of my college career. You know, I joke around all the time. I remember I, I got my financial aid and I ran up to the bookstore that's on campus. And I think I spent like $600 on books. <laughs> I was excited. You know, I have my own credit card, my own debit card for the first time. I have money in my own account for the first time. So I just, I, I went to buy my books. I'm excited about starting school and college. And I got to my first class. The professor said, oh, we won't use the book. And, <laughs> and I, I, I had this look on my face oh, like, <laughs> so I had this look on my face like, we're not using the book. Okay. So I go to the next class and it's like, oh, don't worry about purchasing the book. And I'm like, okay, so now that's two for two. So I, I go back to the bookstore I think the next day and because I had torn the label, the wrap, the package mm. from the textbook, they were now deemed used. Oh, so the, the textbook that I spent a hundred bucks or $80 on, they were offering me $20 to buy it back. And That's I'm like, and so that was my first lesson of welcome to college. First generation. You don't know anything. And probably the last four years at my time at UF, I didn't spend 200 bucks on textbooks. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I learned that I can you rent them online, right? Mm -hmm. You can rent them online. You can buy from other students. Yep. So that was <laughs> that. Was that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention, you know, MFOS is what we call it on campus. And they've supported over 5,000 scholars at this point, which I think is absolutely it's, incredible. It's a blessing. Um, Absolutely. I know that my, my graduating year, which was 2009, mm -hmm. it was, I think it's 11 or 12 of us from my graduating high school class that went to UF. And out of the 12, I think nine or 10 received MFOS. So Whoa. pretty. And, and I can promise you in speaking for myself, like I said, that was my main reason for going. But yeah. I can almost guarantee you that the other eight or nine had the same reason for going mm -hmm. to UF because mm -hmm. we're all raised in the same community. We all, all our parents are pretty much in the same um, financial situation in the same um, bracket. So we all understood the, the importance of, you know, having, not having to actually pay for school or not having to actually, you know, work two, three jobs. I had friends at UF that yeah. were working two, three jobs and working work study. And for me, MFOS allowed me to just focus on my academics. Which is the way it yeah, should because be. it, it because it covers <laughs> right. your full financial correct aid, right? It, co so it covers the full financial aid, and I think it was up to ten semesters at the wow. time. I don't know if it's changed or not, but as long as you kept your GPA above, I want to say a two point five at the time, you get ten semesters covered. So even if you somehow you know messed up on a semester. They didn't it wasn't truly a punishment almost you know they allowed you to you know make a mistake because it happens like i said we we're all first generation at the time so we understood you know you're not going to come out the gates 
with a 4.0 come out the gates, <laughs> just being, yeah. the, being the great student that you've always been because it was a lot of adjustments. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely appreciate um, Dr. Manchin um, for getting that scholarship started along with, I think it was Coach Billy Donovan um, with Gator Basketball and mm-hmm. the, the, the opportunities that it allowed me and my classmates to have is just, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I think it's also important to point out, too, that, you know, it's not just a cool scholarship program to get people degrees like the alum go to really cool places like Google, GE, Amazon, the Peace Corps. Um, some people go to graduate school. They get um, they become lawyers, dentists, police officers, teachers, mental health counselors. They even go on to grad school oftentimes, like in great places like UF, Harvard, Cornell, University of Chicago, Yale, UPenn, the list goes on. So. I think it's really cool to just show that students who may not have had that opportunity, literally just given money and support to go to college, go off and do great things. Yeah, but it's not just money, right? Like yeah. you have right. real mentors. Right. And- it's, not, yes. it's, it's not just money. Um, your first year, you're assigned a mentor. Um, so and then you also take a first year Florida class. And, you know, we had different activities with the group. I know uh, we went to an <laughs> etiquette dinner. So, right. So it was basically this nice restaurant, nice fancy place. And, you know, they brought someone over and, you know, just teaching us things that we probably, you know, again, personally speaking, I never sat at a dinner table with mom and dad and family and have dinner. So for me, you know, it's always, hey, it's grab as you go. You know, mom's probably <laughs> mom's probably working, dad's working. You know, you kind of just, hey, you know, you you know, you with the neighbor or you with the family member. So for me, that was nice, just being able to, you know, enjoy a nice dinner, but also, yeah. you know, be around and be surrounded by students that you know come from the same situation or similar situations. It brought a different level of comfort. It allowed you to be yourself. You know, you're meeting kids from Miami. You're meeting kids from Florida, from from Jacksonville, from Orlando. And we became friends. I know I ended up being roommates with two or three of other guys because we met through the MFOA scholarship. I think Florida is really good at that. So I, I participated in a program and it's it was a summer bridge type of program for engineering students. And the community that it creates um, when you are starting out and you don't really know anybody, but you have the chance to like network with people who are going to go through the same experiences as you in college. It's huge. And yeah, like we're still friends today. And that was for me 15 years ago that I became connected with my community um, in engineering through the step up program. So yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And I, I, I just love the fact that there are all these little communities across campus that you learn about slowly, like during your time on campus. But how did, how do you, you came to Florida for academics, correct? like a boss. And then you just did you walk on? Onto the right, right. How, did, how does it go down? <laughs> I need so, to know. Yeah. So I, I can't, I went to Florida for academics, um, And I spent my freshman year just being a normal student, like I said, getting adjusted to the college life and learning campus, which seems like it took the entire year to to only learn one half of campus. A little piece of it, right? I'm like, okay, I know how to get from my dorm to Broward Dining. 
Good. Yep. I've made progress in That's the last a month. That's a win. Yep. All right. Next month we'll go to Turlington. But um, <laughs> so it was for me when I got there, you know, um, I had a conversation with a couple of guys from my hometown that had played football at Florida in the mid nineties. Fred Taylor. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Redale Anthony, Johnny Rutledge. So those guys were in a championship team for Coach Spurrier, I think, 96. Yeah. So, you know, when they found out, hey, you know, I was at Florida, but I wasn't playing ball, I don't remember which one of them oh. started the conversation, <laughs> but one of them called me and pretty much was like, hey, man, you know, you got to keep the tradition going. You know, Florida, you're from Bell Glade, you played at Glade Central. So I was like, I'll think about it. Because <laughs> again, at the time, I'm enjoying this freedom. Right? What I, a luxury! I, I found this newfound freedom that I'm having. I get to set my classes. I wake up when I want. It's a. Yeah. It's hard to give that up and go into mm. a structured football life. That's a good but, point. But I, I decided, you know, after a while, I was like, okay, I, I've had enough fun this first year. So I, I tried. Um, I walked on. I contacted one of the guys that was um a part of the staff at the time mm -hmm. under coach urban meyer so i walked on the football team the fall of my sophomore year okay which happened wow. to be the last year that urban meyer was our coach uh -huh. so my first year was his last year i think i ran him out of gainesville but <laughs> but he said it was health issues maybe it was me mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like who's this little walk-on kid get out of here but oh my gosh. Uh, it was a great experience um i i would definitely do it all over again I know even now when I speak to high school seniors and, you know, guys that may not have the offer that they want, that's something that I talk to them about now is making sure that your grades and academics are aligned because now you can go to any school you want. If you feel like, you know what, I didn't get an offer from Miami. Okay, I'm going to go to your arch rival if I feel like it academically and I'm going to walk on, I'm going to possibly earn a scholarship and you'll see me in a year or two. Right, you're going to see so, this face. <laughs> so at what point in your college career did you decide, you know what? I'm going to do this teaching thing and I'm going to go back home and I'm going to make a change in my community. After after undergrad, I decided, okay, you know what? You know, I want to I want to do this teaching thing. And I, I, I knew I wanted to in mm -hmm. undergrad, but it was really like starting to actually okay it's really where i want to do like i really want to go back home and do it like i could have went anywhere and teach mm -hmm. i wanted to be home and i wanted to teach in my community because i mean even now i don't live in Glade anymore mm -hmm. um my mom and i we purchased the home over in west palm about four years ago like a family home nice you know, and but i still teach in Glade and pahokee so what's it like um, teaching students who are coming up in the same neighborhood? Like, do they do they not believe that you're back or like what's what is that like? So I, I can imagine um, that they probably relate to you a lot better than other teachers. They it's it's a mix. It's a mixed feeling. Um, I think, you know, just for one, I teach math. So they they hated math probably from the first day that they started school. Wow. So automatically, like each year I know, like I'm probably top five most hated person on campus <laughs> just because of what I teach, you know, uh -huh. just, not because of they me. Don't yeah, right. They don't know you. They don't know you. They just so, know so the for, subject. Right. So for me going in, I said, okay, you know what? You know, you're going to get a lot of pushback. 
Like you mm-hmm. teach math. It's not going to be easy. You're dealing with kids that have underperforming math for years from maybe three or four years underachieved. It's gotten harder for them year by year is getting harder. So by the time they get to me in seventh grade, which I am now, mm, it's, that's a pivotal it's four time. years of frustration, right? It's yeah. three, four years of frustration, three, four years of feeling like, you know, you failed at it. And now here's Mr. Success all smiling like everything's <laughs> supposed to be Success. good. Oh, I all love right? it. So I love it. <laughs> so I get that. But then when once they start to realize like, okay, he actually cares. Like he's actually going to take time to make sure that we understand what we need to understand. And, you know, it could just, my teaching style is different. It's not perfect. It's not what everyone wants it to be or textbook because you know, kids are not textbook. It's not a one size fit all. Right. So, you know, so I go to a lot of trainings, obviously, for teaching. And, you know, you watch the videos and this is how it's supposed to look in your classroom. <laughs> and, in my, and in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, it looks mm-hmm. nothing like that in my yeah. classroom. Because right. my students are different. So once I, you know, I, I relate to them in that way. You know, they may be having a bad morning. Mm. So, you know, if that student is four or five minutes late to class, you have to understand the situation. It's not an automatic, hey, you're late, you can't come in. Or, hey, you're late, go to the front office. Like, you know, they had mm-hmm. to walk their third grade brother to school or they had to walk their, right. you know, to make sure they get there safely. You know, it's not the yeah. nicest neighborhood or the nicest communities. So just being understanding of, you know, what they come from and their situations at home because again I, I'm, I'm from a similar situation like I have younger siblings that I had to make sure and help out to get ready for school because you know mom had to go to work so it's not like she had time to mm-hmm. get everyone prepared I think your presence there is so important like I was on a dissertation committee for someone whose dissertation was about looking at identities for kids who play football and seeing like how to also let them have an identity of I'm also a scholar or I'm also a some other interest. So I think, you know, with you being there, like I think at one point, like in 2015, it was stated that of the entire teaching population, only 2% were black males. So they have no right. idea that they're literally seeing a unicorn right, in the classroom. Right. So <laughs> like you said, um, yeah. I, I've read numerous places. I think first off, about 10% of the teaching profession are males. And then, like you said, 2% are black male. So for me, I'm part of that 2%. And, you know, that's something that, you know, you can talk to the kids about. And once they have, once they have someone there to explain things and put things in the perspective, they start seeing it a different way. I think for most of the kids, um, it's just a matter of no one having that tough conversation with them. You know, a lot of there's Mm -hmm. a thin line between not supporting your goals and dreams and giving you reality. Right. So and I have a younger brother now. He's he's a sophomore at Alabama A&M University and he's a football player. He earned a scholarship to Alabama A&M, but he did not earn that scholarship until the spring going into his senior year. So prior to that. We were doing what I was doing going into my senior year. We was making sure, hey, mm-hmm. you applying to Florida, right? If if you if you <laughs> want some assistance financially, do the right thing. No pressure. That's all. It sounds like you have a gift for mentoring. I was about to say the same thing, Jeremy. <laughs> Listen, and that's very uncommon. I think you know, like to have a a black male role model 
who's willing to give back in the way that you're giving back. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not it's not always easy. I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, act like it's the easiest thing to do all the time. Um, because like I say, you have to have those conversations, you know, if, if, if you're going to mm-hmm. expect the kids to respect you, they have to know that you're going to be honest. Right? I was, a, I, I mm-hmm. coached high school basketball the last four years. And one thing, you know, about me, I may not be the best coach, but I'm going to be an honest coach. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm yeah. going to let you know, you know, what, what your strengths are and what some of the things mm-hmm. that, you know, you could possibly hurt the team by doing, you know? If you're not a shooter, mm-hmm. hey man, you might be the best. You Don't might shoot. be the best passer in the gym. Show that off, right? Show <laughs> That's off, what the coach show told off me. Your skills, right? <laughs> I mean, Kyla, you you're know? tall, but you right? Can and that's why it's even more so, of a problem. So for me, that I can't so shoot. for me, you know, it's it's whether I'm in the classroom or I'm on the sidelines coaching. I want to make sure that they know, hey, he has my back, right? But he's gonna be honest about it. Yeah, so much of the research talks about how like imagery and seeing people in a position who look like you, like how important that is for kids at such a young age. And you're doing this by the hundreds at school. Definitely. Like I said, coming from Belglade, we saw the football players. They they Mm. came back home in the offseason. They have camps for the youth in the summer. So you can see a real NFL player. You know, they toss (laughs) you the football. So that's why they have that love for football yeah. in the mm-hmm. community. Yeah. That's why everyone wants to be a football player because that's what they see. You know, we have access to it, right? Their cousins play football, you know, their uncle play football. So they can, you know, they can talk on the phone with a professional football player. They may never have a conversation with a doctor. Mm-hmm. They may have never seen a real judge. They may mm-hmm. have never seen, you know, a policeman unless he was coming to the neighborhood to, you know, do his job and which often than not is in a negative way for them. Yep. So, and they're, you know, so seeing teachers that look like them and things like that, I get kids that's, oh yeah, I want to be a teacher too. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, yay. One more math teacher. Yay. <laughs> where do you see yourself in the future? 10 years from now, where do you see this going? <laughs> uh, well, see, this is weird. Cause when I first started teaching, I told myself, so, okay, Higgins, you always wanted to teach. You're going to do five years. Mm-hmm. That was it. I was like, I'm do five years. And then it's being you know, focusing on being a sports agent and, you know, just doing that. If I do the math, though, you're past right. five <laughs> years, right? Exactly. If you, do the, <laughs> if you do the math, six is greater than five. So I'm, pa- <laughs> I'm past five years and I'm still here. And now I'm like, okay, 10 years. I mean, it's not that bad. It's teaching. You're, you're making an impact. You're leaving the positive, you know. Um, but honestly, in the next 10 years, I, I, I still, in the next five, five to 10 years, I still see myself teaching. I still mm-hmm. see myself giving back. Um, I, I do plan on growing my agent business, growing as an agent. So I do eventually want to make the transition into being a full-time agent and focusing on that. But the thing is, as an agent, every day is not needed. Mm. As a teacher, every day is needed. You have 180 days in the school year. You can't waste one day. As an agent, you know, once, once my client signs his contract in April or May, I'm pretty much done. 
That is so powerful. It really is. That is so powerful. I don't know if if you heard what you said and how profound it is, but I wish every educator in our K-12 system had that mindset because we would change the world. We wouldn't just change that classroom, that student. We would change the world if all of our educators felt that that felt that way about every single day of their classroom. All right. Yeah, I mean, for me, my kids get on me at times because, you know, I, I, I give them work during some of the holidays. You know, like we had a week off for Thanksgiving and I gave my my advanced students work the first three days. I'm like, you're not even cooking. Like, it's not like, it's not like, like even if you're traveling with mom and dad, you're not the driver. Like, right. sit in the back and time. do a couple problems. I'm so happy that we had a chance to learn about your story. Thank you. I think Thank you. It's amazing what you're doing. Yeah, but Higgins, it's been so great to meet you. It's been so great to just hear your story. I don't think I've ever heard a story like this, you know, in my life and just how um, you're still making a difference. You continue to make a difference. You're someone the students can relate to and you're passionate about the work. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story with us. We hope everyone is also inspired by your story and they also think that, hmm, what can I do with my influence to be able to empower someone to do something they may not have thought that they could do they can donate to mfos they can do that that's right (laughs) definitely donate to mfos again i want to you know i want to see this program continue to grow Mm -hmm. you know that's just that's more kids that's leaving behind you know a situation and being afforded an opportunity to go to college so I'm, i'm definitely and like i said I need more students from my hometown of Bell Glade, Florida and, and Pahokee, <laughs> Florida to, you know, attend the University of Florida and join the MFOS program. Go Gators. Go Gators. I got, look, Kyla. I, I saw you have on our shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thanks so much. This is Unstoppable Minds, a podcast out of the University of Florida. I'm Dr. Kyla McMullen. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Waysom. Thanks for joining us. Unstoppable Minds is a University of Florida podcast. Season two was produced, developed, and edited by Emily Cardinale and Patricia Vernon, with many thanks to Matthew Abramson and James Sullivan from WUFT. We would also like to thank the UF Office of Strategic Communications and Marketing video team, Brianne Leanne, Wise Clairvoyant, and Brian Sandusky. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more information about our show and the awesome students, faculty, and staff at the University of Florida by visiting our website at ufl.edu slash unstoppable minds. Until next time, go Gators! Gators!